welcome to the official podcast for the Irish Association of Speech and Language Therapists, the IASLT in Conversation. I am Claire Meskel, Chair of the PR Committee. April is Parkinson's Awareness Month. Parkinson's disease is a progressive neurological disease with no cure. It is the second most common neurodegenerative disease after Alzheimer's, and with an aging population, it is becoming more prevalent. In recognition of Parkinson's Awareness Month, I'm joined today by Veronica Clark. Veronica is the current chair of the European Parkinson's Disease Association and a practicing speech and language therapist in the UK. Welcome, Veronica, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. Hi. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So to get started, for those listening, would you like to give a brief introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. Um, as you rightly said, I'm a speech and language therapist. Um, I'm actually Maltese uh, and I graduated from the University of Malta back in 2004. Um, I worked out there in Malta for a couple of years um, after I, I finished my university. Um, I worked with both children and adults at that time, um, both privately and with the National Health Service out in Malta. And then I um, in 2006, I moved to the UK, um, and that's when really my focus was uh, purely on working with adults with acquired communication and swallowing disorders. Um, I felt that's where I could do the most good, um, where I could have the highest impact and help most people. And that's also where my passion really was. Um, so I worked in various settings, acute care, rehab settings, um, community settings, home care stroke rehab so a little bit of everything yes. um which really helped to kind of yeah just um broaden my experience really um and find find my um find find the area that I was was best at working in really um but yeah so I live in the UK now with my husband um our two young kids uh we live in Hertfordshire which is a very rural part of of the UK and and we love it out here um, I currently work part time to fit around our busy schedule, uh, both with the NHS in the UK um, and with my own private practice. And then I guess another big part of my life is my voluntary work, which I think we're going to get into in a bit more detail in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Veronica. So I suppose for your voluntary work, um, you're involved with the European Parkinson's Disease Association. How did you get involved with them? Yeah, so um, originally, uh, I got involved with them through my other volunteering role, which is through the Malta Parkinson's Disease Association, which is the, the local national organization in Malta. Um, my mum is a person with Parkinson's and she's lived with the condition now for 21 years or just over. Mm -hmm. um, and she really does inspire me every day to, to learn more and do more for the Parkinson's community. Um, but back in 2012, my mum was actually joining the Malta Parkinson's Disease Association um, as a member to, to have support. And, and I became involved too as a way of supporting her. And, and also I felt it would help me to learn more about Parkinson's because as, yes. as the daughter of someone with Parkinson's, even though I'd studied it, you know, um, at university, I just, it just wasn't, I wasn't knowledgeable enough. Yeah. About yeah. the condition. It's such a, as you know, a complex disease that um till today I learn something new every day so um at the time I joined the MPDA with my mom um 
we'd go to our meetings together and meet all these lovely people. Um, and then I, I joined that organization as the president, um, a position which I still hold till today. So um, I lived in Malta at the time, but even now that I live in the UK, um, I'm still the president uh, for the organization. And together with another three volunteers, we run the MPDA to support people with Parkinson's in Malta. So it was through the MPDA that I um that I found out about the EPDA, which is the European Parkinson's Disease Association. Um, and that's how I got to, to, um, to know them and their work. So um, Malta Parkinson's was a member of the European Parkinson's Disease Association. Um, and um, yeah, every year the EPDA would have a, a yearly members meeting, an AGM. Uh, and yeah, I traveled to, to meet them one of the years um, coming from the MPDA and that's how I kind of got involved but then in 2016 um, I joined the EPDA as a as a board member and then in 2020 so just last year I was elected as president um, of the EPDA so yeah just um, I've got a very strong relationship now and close relationship with the EPDA. Yeah and, and congratulations it's quite, it's quite a journey to how you got there and for the listeners maybe who aren't familiar with the European Parkinson's Disease Association, what do they do or what do you do? Okay, so the EPDA is an amazing organisation. Um, it's a small team of people, but the work that they do is just extraordinary. Um, so basically, in a nutshell, um, it's the, the only European Parkinson's um, umbrella organisation that exists. Okay. Um, we've got around 30 members who themselves are Parkinson's associations from around Europe, um, currently from, from 24 countries. So all of these different organizations, um, are, you know, we represent them at a, at a European level. Um, our members range from, you know, really big organizations like for example, Parkinson's UK or the Irish um, Parkinson's Association to, to much smaller ones that are run solely by volunteers for example, the Malta Parkinson's um, Disease Association. So there's a vast, vast array of, of members of the EPDA. Um, and we've been around a while. So we've been around for 29 years, um, coming up to 30. And um, we've, yeah, we've just been championing and, and working with the global Parkinson's community all this time. Um, and yeah, just to kind of touch upon the main, the main goals and the work that we do, mm-hmm. um, our sort of overarching goal is to facilitate the free flow of good Parkinson's related practices across and between European countries. Um, and, you know, we can sum it up in four main main goals to keep it nice and simple, but okay. we believe that everybody has um, access to the right information at the right time. Okay. You know, so a lot of the projects and awareness campaigns that we do would be around that theme. Um, we also want to ensure that uh, European healthcare professionals get access to Parkinson's educational resources and you know that would include speech and language therapists mm-hmm. um, and just making sure that people have the right information and um, and can get access to, to any educational resources. Um, we also educate and raise awareness of Parkinson's among decision makers so another really important um, point with all the advocacy work that we do. Um, and then also um, we, we raise awareness uh, to the Parkinson's community of research op- opportunities that are available to them. So anybody that might want to um, take part in clinical trials or other research opportunities. And um, yeah. we're a really good source of, of information on how you can get 
how you can get involved. So yeah, that's that, that's the EPDA in a nutshell. Yeah, fantastic. Um, really yeah. holistic. You know, every every aspect to Parkinson's between decision makers, patients, and carers. Yeah, um, and I yeah. suppose as a speech therapist, has your role of chair on the European Parkinson's Association been um, influenced by that by your training? Yeah, so that's that's a really interesting question. Um, I think the EPDA and you know the current board has a really good diverse mix. Of, of expertise, um, but also of passion to do better for, for the Parkinson's community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're discussing important issues and making decisions, we're all kind of coming at it from our own experiences. And, and that's really important, right? So, yeah. um, so while I wear a few different hats while I sit at the table or the virtual table right now, yes. um, I feel that as a speech and language therapist, I have to pay, have my patients um, at heart when I'm making these decisions yeah. um, and the people I work with daily and how can I make this world a better place for them and and also I think our training as speech therapists you know in communication and empathy and also then having that medical background and um, it definitely puts me in a really good position to to understand and um, you know some of the, the concepts and the projects and the impact that it might have on on patients or, or people with Parkinson's. So um, yeah, I definitely feel that I'm in a really good sort of place as a speech and language therapist with my training and knowledge um, to, to make those decisions in a really holistic way. So yeah. Excellent, excellent. And that's interesting for other speech and language therapists to hear, I suppose. And it's great to have a speech therapist making decisions at that level. Um, so as mentioned before at the beginning, you were saying, so not only are you a chair of the European Parkinson's Disease Association, but you're a practicing speech therapist part time. So what would your caseload be typically made up of? Yeah, so so like as I mentioned earlier, my focus is on working with adults with acquired um, communication and swallowing disorders. Um, for the past year, um, especially my focus has been on, on the community um, speech and language therapy. Um, prior to the pandemic, I was also working in, in, acu- in an acute setting for a large hospital um, near to where I live. Mm-hmm. However, we all know services have had to make changes and kind of refocus their teams and efforts to meet the needs of, of our patients. So um, I'm more community based at the moment. Um, the majority of my caseload is made up of, of dysphagia and acquired dysphagia, and okay. mainly in people with dementia, um, Parkinson's disease, motor neuron disease, progressive supranuclear palsy, and, and others. Um, I think definitely with the aging um, population and people living a lot longer, we've seen a lot more um, cases of, of dementia and Alzheimer's, and um, that combined with the age, um, which in itself can bring about swallowing changes. You yes. know, we see a lot of dysphagia. In, in that patient population. Um, and I'm also trained in delivering um, the Lee Silverman voice therapy, so the LSVT Loud, which is an intensive treatment um, designed to improve voice and speech and many other things in, in people with Parkinson's. Um, and I love delivering this therapy and I do, I do that within my private practice. Um, yeah, amongst other therapies, of course, but yeah, that kind of that's mainly where where my patients are at the moment. Excellent, excellent. So like, as you said, you're wearing many hats between all your different roles and it sounds like you're very much keeping up with the clinical skills aspect side of things as well. Um, As Parkinson's, or sorry, as April is Parkinson's Awareness Month, is there anything you'd like to highlight or share with the listeners? Yeah, so so April is a big month for anybody that's kind of involved with the Parkinson's community. And I think that's a really nice thing that we 
we kind of look forward to it every year but mm -hmm. so every year that the Parkinson's community comes together and we take this opportunity to raise awareness of Parkinson's and um, mainly on the 11th of April which is World Parkinson's Day yes. um, and just just as a fact and um, that's actually the date of birth of, of Mr James Parkinson who okay I didn't know that yeah yeah okay. um, he was a surgeon actually um, but he first described Parkinson's in an essay called The Shaking Palsy um, so it, it was later named um, as Parkinson's disease um, after the person who, who first kind of identified it in writing for the first time. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah April is around around that fact um, and when and when it was first um, um, documented. But um, yeah, so uh, to raise awareness amongst your, your audience, I, I really would like to encourage anyone, you know, working with people with Parkinson's to get engaged with the Parkinson's community as a way to stay up to date, um, and just in the know, especially about services that might be available in your in your area, in your local area. Okay. So, you know, we've got the Parkinson's Association of Ireland, um, a great source of information and support for people with Parkinson's there. Um, and I would encourage anybody to reach out to them um, locally. They've got a great website, parkinsons.ie. Um, and then, yeah, just also another great way to stay up to date more easily and quickly is social media and and other websites you know whether it's that the parkinson's association of ireland social media the epda social media we're active on um we're active on facebook on linkedin on twitter you know all of the all of the, the main big ones platforms. yeah yeah absolutely um and the epda website also really full of great information um and they can be found at um epda.eu.com and even as a speech therapist you know i find that really helpful uh, either to direct people to these websites for you know people like my own patients as a way for them to get more information um but also for myself um to to keep up to date with you know, campaigns that are going on or research opportunities or surveys that are available for people to, to take part in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, social media is definitely a great way. Um, and yeah, if anyone's interested in sort of knowing more, perhaps you have, you know, you might just be working with people with Parkinson's, but you have, might have a special interest in that area. So like myself, that's kind of grown over the years. It just makes me want to connect with other health professionals who are, who have those same special interests as myself or get involved in research. Um, and I think the EPDA is a really good way of, of finding out about those opportunities and making yeah. those connections, making that, doing that networking. Um, so whichever organization you choose, um, you know, try and try and connect more with, uh, with other people who are doing similar, similar roles to you or similar work. Um, or, or with me directly, I'd be happy to hear from anyone with a, um, with similar interests to me. And then lastly, I think just to shed the light on volunteering as well, it's a really great way to, to learn more. And, um, mm. you know, if I'd never got involved with the Malta Parkinson's all those years ago, like I would, I would never be as knowledgeable as I am today. Yeah. Like I said before, I learn something new every day. Like I've, I never stop learning whether I'm speaking to a patient or to another volunteer or anybody within the community. Um, you know, Parkinson's is a, it's a complex disease and there's a lot to know. So volunteering is a really great way. And, and like I said before, there's, there's things going on locally within, you know, Ireland and, and every other European country probably, um, where you can actually get involved. So if you've got a little bit of time, volunteering can, can take the shape of 
um, can be in many forms and shapes um, and it's what you want it to be really. So just reach out um, and, and ask how you can get involved, how you can help. That's a really good way to, to gain more experience as well and be around the people that you, you want to help. Um, so yeah, just wanted to share that message with, with people. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Veronica, for your time today. So if anyone wants more information, we know to get onto the Parkinson's disease um, website for Ireland or in fact, the EPGA as well. And to reach out to yourself and you said you'd be happy to hear from anyone. Um, where can they find you? Um, yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn for anyone that's on there. Um, Perfect. Connect in that way. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to, to get through. Get through Lovely. Some- Lovely. Thank you very much, Veronica. Um, And thank you, everyone, for listening today.